Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. Um, of course, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell them all about themselves. Uh, and then we'll have a great conversation. Take it away. So my name is Dr. Lulu, aka The Momatrician. I'm a recently retired pediatrician, more of, um, I think I say now I'm retired from active duty medicine and I'm more of a reserve, reservist in medicine now because I just do part-time once in a while just to help other doctors out. So I did that for 30 years, uh, born, bred, buttered, and slightly burned in Nigeria. So I'm Nigerian by birth, I'm a naturalized American, and I live in North Mexico, AKA San Antonio, Texas with Mr. Tres Hijos, three children and one dog. And um, that's it. Most times you will see me online, Usually having an argument about something. For the most part, I'm a, I'm a five-time, well, four-time best-selling author. My fifth book was just a collaboration. I wrote a poem in a book. I don't know how the book did. Um, I'm, I'm working on my sixth book now. And I'm a speaker. I've done a TED Talk. I've done a bunch of international talks as well. And... These days, I'm mostly focusing my energy on the queer space, not only because I'm, I'm LGBT myself, also is my eldest who just came out as transgender, assigned male at birth.com child. So I mostly work with parents of the queer, of queer kids and help them with along their journey of self-acceptance, which is really what it takes in order to support your child effectively and then of course accept them affirm them all of that jazz but first you got to come out as a parent ally so my hashtag is hashtag parent ally and my sign off is usually ps your child is waiting so we're trying to get the parents to we're trying to mobilize mobilize the parents to to get jiggy with it because literally (laughs) your kid is waiting that's it Someone told me one time, they said, the thing that people actually forget about is that the parent, you know, we're, we're, we're created as vessels, right? So like we, we have what we consider an idea of what something should be, right? So like we're told all these things, religion gets involved, there's practices, <laughs> there's practices inside of our family's traditions. So we have these ideas. But someone told me that like, since there is such strong ideas of what something should be, even though it's all made up by the way, um, she said, uh, you have to remember people also have to mourn the loss of what they considered, what they thought that their child would be, whatever that is. And I was like, you're right. Like, cause some parents just, they think they have this mapped out journey for their kid, but really it's your own journey. I don't know. It's, 
and whether or not you discover it, how, how you discover it is totally up to you and what your life brings to you. But it's a, it's a, it's a real journey. It's a strong word. <laughs> it is. It is a journey that is true of self-discovery that is true and self-acceptance. I had a father in my Facebook neighborhood, which is what I call it, who actually attempted suicide because his only assigned male at birth child is a trans girl, trans, I don't know, I think the child was like 14. The father attempted suicide? Because the kid was- That's how bad it is for some parents. So I am here to say that that is real. There's a lot, there are a lot of parents who inevitably make it about them. And that's what I say because my eldest child, the one who now came out as transgender when they were, when they first came out as non-binary and I was digging my heel in and not maybe not necessarily as dramatically as that, but just pushing back a little bit. It finally took them to say, mom, this is not about you. And that's actually the title of my, the class that I teach is mom, it's not about you. Right. So once the parents make it about them, you make it about you, it's over. Right. So the question as a coach that I ask is, what are you making it mean about you? A lot of the parents say, well, you know, that maybe somehow, somehow what? You're defective because you had a defective child? Is that, I mean, what are you thinking? So once you, once you go that far to make yourself sit with the thoughts, yes, the truth is their lies that you were told, and it's better that, that is true. But their lies nonetheless, and your child is, holy and wonderfully and perfectly made and so yeah it's all it's a whole lot of unlearning unlearning yep and then i don't call it relearning because that means you're doing the same thing that's what re is so it's unlearning and learning right what's right what's what's really going on with your child but the only way to learn anything is to be vulnerable and allow the learning to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't learn by by flexing. You no. can't. You can't. There's a reason. Go ahead. No, I just think you're you're absolutely right. The unlearning process for people is so deep. I mean, I do. I, my mother is amazing. My parents are amazing. I was very lucky, but like, man, <laughs> the barriers I've had to go through just in in just general in life, and and the the, the things you know you you know, you butt up against your parents, no matter what, um, a teenager is a teenager, but, and you but also have to see that you have to understand, you can try to understand that. And then, cause you don't know what you don't know. And until you know it, and then you're like, okay, now I know it, but now I have to learn something else. Cause there's more to know. Yeah. But do you really not know? You know, do you really truly not know? 80% of parents know that their child is, is LGBT. Oh, you this know, I think I, I read, you're, you knew, you, I think you post that, yeah. right? You wrote that somewhere. 80% of parents know. Of um, course, I mean, yeah, of course they know that, so but it's one of them. Not you as my, my host, Anthony. Yeah. I want parents out there. I knew my child was gay when they were two years old. And I told my mom, I said, mm, this one is gay. You're like, oh my, she was like, get the holy water, get the holy water. I remember that. And, and um, but it's true. And I'm not saying I have not said all the parents, but I could argue that if your child is non-binary or, you know, 
I can see how maybe because it's a gender thing, because again, oh my God, there's gender and then there's sexuality. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Sadly, because of the misogyny or is it patriarchy or what religion, when you hear LGBT, the only thing you think about is sex. I know, I know. But this four-year-old who just wants to wear dresses and know they have not been sexually molested. So don't bring that in. I know. So that's a whole part of my book, my upcoming book that's about just the myths, mistakes and misconceptions. 25 of them. And I had to stop at 25 because there were just so many more. I know. So, the first thought is, go ahead. You have such great energy and fire to you. I am like pulled in, which I love because that's just, I love that. So where, so for you, like, what is your journey? Like what, honest, down deep for you, like you can tell everybody a little, I've read your journey, but you can also tell your journey. Uh, um, when you came out and the things that you say now, you know, we all grow no matter what. We don't necessarily change, but we definitely transform into these beings. Um, I don't believe we change. I just think we can grow with it and move with it. Uh, what, what really has that been like for you? Because sometimes, you know, do you feel that you can um, get lost inside of what you're doing like now versus when you were going through your journey to tell your parents and to tell like, what's the difference between you now and like the person then that came out and then went back in and you know, did all the, the, the things, all the different things. Well, I'm not doing this. I will never have done this if it was just because of my sexuality. Something happens when you have a child. Something happens. There's a major thing that is a glorious thing that I, with all the words that I have, I can't put a word to it. Something happens when you have a child. I do this because of my child. Great because of my child and today on my tiktok i posted i said there was a time i used to cry all the time and ask god why did you give me a gay child now i know why to do this to do this in the last two days i've had people mostly on tiktok coming out saying oh my goodness thank you so much for for being a voice for black mothers yeah It's, it's not a joke i had my middle child go through um google looking for another parent coach that works with LGBTQ plus parents who was black. Right. And when he got to page 23 of Google, he was like, mom, I can't find anybody. We have one white lady, Miss Patricia Hoffman, I think is her name. She's not a physician. She's not a pediatrician because there's physician and then there's pediatrician. Okay, so, and if she's not a black African. Right. So there's, so I am at that intersectionality, me. It's a very unique, unique spot. And I love it. Today I do. Many, many moons ago, I cried every night because I was like, why this burden? Why this? Because not only did I have internalized homophobia, even as I was queer, I am queer myself. Sure. I'm very afraid of America, which I like to spell with three Ks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they will do to my child for just being who they are. That was before they came out as non-binary and then transgender. Right. So is it a continuum? Is an interesting situation question to ask. 
So, but the thing about the reason I chose to work with parents, I still, I also work with kids because I'm always going to be a pediatrician in my heart. I work with queer kids as well. But before I did this, two years before that, I worked with just at-risk suicidal youth. And I found out about 80% of them were LGBT. And I realized that I could do everything I want to do magic with them. They're going to go back to their toxic homes and toxic schools and toxic environments. And while I can't fix everybody, I can certainly start at home. So the parents are it because yeah. you are the most important person in your child's life, whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not. That's what people what forget. It's like, they're going <laughs> to, they go back. Like you can do all the work and we all both do, yeah. the, we do the work, but they're going to go back to their house no matter what. That's why when the pandemic started to happen, that's when a little, actually a lot more concern came into place because some of these kids just came out and then the, everything shut down. There was no place for them to escape to really because online, online is really a great tool, but uh, you know the other side of the online world. So well, I mean, yeah, they came out in a pandemic with homophobic parents right. and no one suicide rates shut up. According to the project, in the last 12 months, 42% of youth, is the best way to put it, seriously contemplated suicide in the past 12 months. Any 12 months, pick a 12, pick a 12 month window. Yeah. That is what the study said. Yeah. 42%. I want you to let that sink in. So yes, I am top talking. I used to be a commander in the US Air Force. Get used to it. I know, I because love that. While you're digging your heels in, your child is waiting. Right. And let me tell you something, let me ask you a question. I'm not asking you to accept the child today, this moment, but I am asking you to do that. Because by the time your child comes out, your child has known for a while. Well, you know, we know, but your whole life, you know, you know, it doesn't matter that, you know, you're like, I am like, then you put words to it. Yeah, so my question to the parent who wants to dig their foot in and do their own research, because you know, since the COVID came out, everybody has to do their own research. Everyone's doing their own research. My question is, if you're going to ultimately accept your child, I don't know, a year from now, how long it takes you to do your research, if you're going to do it anyway, why not do it now? Right. Yeah, truly, I mean, you just speak in my language. So, I mean, that's just, I, I, there's a society thing that we're doing now to, that everyone has to be careful. And there's like this way, I'm not saying you got to be disrespectful, go off the deep end, like yell at like, but you need to listen and just understand that like the world is moving at a very rapid pace right now. It's not stopping. And Christianity is not going to survive it. It's, I'm just going to come out and say it. Oh, no, I they, believe. The next couple of generations over, they are like, sticking it up to christianity because it's full of negative energy trauma and this is from a cradle catholic whose uncle is a is a catholic i don't know bishop my my mom's younger brother yes so i'm not talking from and i'm talking about someone who used to teach bible study who was in the choir who doggone grew up in the church volunteering i was a doctor for the saint vincent de paul clinic in lagos you were in it it. yeah yeah so when i say that it talks about a God that spits fire and brimstone. And my question is like, why? 
If you love your child, why are you spitting fire and brimstone? Right. Whatever. Why? To what end? Yeah. And so it's a brainwashing of sorts. It's a brainwashing of sorts. Really, it's just a brainwashing. That's what it is. I know it I'm is not sure why. I don't know who, who is going to gain from it. I don't know who ultimately is going to gain. But my book is coming out called What If God Is Non-Binary? Because I think they are. I think God is non-binary. Oh, well, yeah, we don't know. I mean, the thing is, to me, like this whole Jesus, I did a whole um, season on queer religion and I spoke to people all over the world. And I was and I and from just such different, just crazy stories of not coming out till they were 40 years old or I'm nine years old and I'm trans and my dad's a pastor to just all the different people, the humans, you know, that exist. People over in Africa, I spoke to people in India and and the bottom line no matter what, is that they just want to be themselves. They just want to yeah. exist as themselves. Yeah, and I think God is non-binary. I love I, that. I know God is non-binary. I, I think, I like, no, I, I chose non-binary because my, my kid came out as non-binary first. Sure. I chose, sure. I cho- when I thought about it, I said, you know what? God's got to be non-binary or agender. Right. And truly, I chose, or maybe even intersex. And it, it, it's good to just, Think about it for a minute. If I am created in the same image and likeness of the same person that you are created in, my friend Anthony, then that person is both of us or neither of us. How do you explain it if it's a person? And so we don't have to think too hard. The underlying emotion is fear. Oh yes, of course. Fear of the unknown, fear of what people are gonna say, Fear of your own self because you don't understand something. Then you say, "Well, you know, well, it's God." I mean, you don't you don't understand it, or you're too afraid to understand it, or you don't you can't understand it. And the truth is, if we're only using ten percent of our brain, which is what I was taught in med school, whether it's true or not, my middle son has since debunked that. Me, but my mom, for real, I was like, "That's what I was taught in medical school." And they were like. I said, if, if truly we're using 10%, so humor me for a minute, if we're truly using 10% of our brain, that means that there's 90% of information that we don't know. So your child coming out as transgender could be in that 90%. So when you are saying to your child, I need to understand it first, what are you saying? You don't know enough yet of, of anything. And then more importantly, if your best friend was gonna marry that guy that both of you know is a jerk, that one guy that you're like, I can't believe you're marrying that guy. You're going to go to the wedding because you're faithful to your friend. You don't understand it, but you're coming to the wedding. Right. I need parents to come out of, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Therefore, I don't support it. I don't get, I mean, it's so ingrained in our culture, really hardcore in America. Um, But like, it's very ingrained because, you know, the funny thing is, I always equate it to this too. People came here, right? So like back in the day, they call, white people colonized this country to get away from the thing they hated to create the thing, something new. But, but actually all they did was continue the saga that is a cult called religion. And that's what they just did. And they made it even worse than what it was. And then it expanded and all the things that. So it was worse. I, I it's mean, that's really, it's effed up, it's effed up. Let us call it thing a thing. The Catholics and the Episcopalians and the, no, not Episcopalians, excuse me. Catholics and the, um, what's the name? The American, the evangelical. Oh, evangelical, yeah. That's the ones. Yeah, oh yeah. 
Oh my God. And then the Jehovah's Witness. I mean, we're just oh. going to call them. Right. But I want us to, even, even amongst us, we have enough internalized homophobia oh yeah of course and that comes from years of telling you the same thing that you're not good enough over and over and most of the time it was left-handed people then it was women then it was interracial marriages it's always going to be something so if you are not the minority today or not the victimized population today wait long enough it's going to be you it's true. So being an ally is everybody's work. I think if there's ever been anything that I feel like everyone needs to be, it is, is being an ally. Just uh, being an ally is being human. I equate those two, those two things together. So my whole work is about creating parent allies. How's it doing? How's you doing your work with your own kids and your, you? Like what, what do you actually, and it's a funny question. I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but like, does your work come up against you sometimes towards your own kids? No, because I'm creating a parent ally. Parent ally okay. is a parent supports their kids. So the last thing it will be is come up against. Plus, I'm a pediatrician. So I need people to understand that I'm a real doctor. So they need to deal with it. Right. So I've my whole life I've been a, a mom. And then my second whole life I've been a pediatrician. In fact, I was a pediatrician before I became a mom. So those two things, that's why I go by the mom-matrician. I've been a mom and I'm a pediatrician together. Um, It's always been for the good of the children. That does not mean I did not make mistakes when my kids came out. Because again, back to what I was saying about being internalized homophobia, being raised to believe that I was going to go to hell, me, because I'm queer, myself. So all of that came to the surface when I, when I, when I saw my, I was like, no, mm-mm, no, I don't want this one to go to hell. It's fascinating. You know? So it's not something, it's just because I'm, but the thing about it is once you know better, you do better. So just because I didn't know it then doesn't mean I don't know it now. And that's why I'm helping parents. I teach a class called top three mistakes parents make when their kids invite them in because I made those three mistakes. That's so important, those words you just said, uh, when they invite them in, like, I'm inviting you into my, like, you're my mom, you're my dad, or you're my whatever. I'm bringing you into me, and then you're coming up again. Why are you coming up against me so hard? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Yeah, once, I discovered, once I discovered that phrase, I was hooked. That's a good, that's I mean, a good one. Coming out, coming out is always going to be, you know, the more universal, but I'm trying to make that um, invited, invited in more. I'm trying to Put my next book, the book I'm actually working on, this particular book today that I was working on today is called Invited In. That's a good, how that's a great. Become, yeah, how to become like the parent child needs. I love it. You know, my friend also takes the word, you know, we always talk about um, safe spaces, but my friends actually, why don't we call it a brave space? Because it actually takes a lot of courage for someone to come into that space. And it does for you to walk into a room of like-minded people, of people who are like you. People don't quite understand the the strength it takes for some people, especially if they come from a really bad home or their parents aren't supportive or their friends aren't supportive. You know, the reason why I do this work is because I basically was sick of everything you're talking about. I was sick of hearing other people speak on behalf of the community they actually know nothing about mm. because there's not enough conversations for it. And then I, someone that I, my, my friend became someone, they're uh, friends with somebody in Colorado that their nine-year-old child committed suicide. 
parents were accepting of them, but their friends were not, and they didn't like that. Yeah. So they went home and killed yeah. themselves at nine. Yeah. I mean, yes, so you are you are definitely a part of the community. I, I, one of my favorite things that I said on my TED talk was, um, it takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to save a child. Mm-hmm. So it, all of us, not just the parents. Yes, again, I cannot... Like I said at the beginning, I cannot work. I can't not. I cannot. I can't speak English. I cannot work with everybody. So I've chosen the person that I'm most like, which is a parent. That's why I coach parents. I mean, I could also coach teachers who are essentially the secondary parents. I could also coach coaches. I mean, I could coach everybody. And maybe when I'm coaching a coach, a basketball coach, I'm coaching the parent inside of within the coach. Good. That's so good. It stays there. My job is as a pediatrician, but also as a mother. I have gone. I've gone to the edge. I've seen the edge. It doesn't look pretty. Yeah. To work with suicidal youth, and one of the things that we don't say, actually, just a, a little bit of correction for you is we don't use commit suicide anymore. We actually haven't used it for years. But most people, just like the coming out, is going to take a while. We say died by suicide. You can actually say suicided. You can say kill themselves. You can say end of their life. You can say, you know, and we try not to say commit anymore just because in those days when you killed yourself, it was a sin. Okay. Good to know. And anybody who knows someone who's been suicidal, like I have been suicidal, you know that it's trauma. Unresolved trauma. High trauma that causes one to want to end it all. You know, when you see, I see what the spark just happened for me. Sorry, when I have these moments, I have to just talk about them. Uh, <laughs> when you talk about a different word, the word we don't use anymore, and you put in something else for it to have more of a place, that makes me feel so good. Like I don't feel like you didn't. You just corrected me so gracefully. You know, like that's what I like to do to people too. I'm like, I'm not saying you have to say this. I'm just saying this is the word we don't use anymore so we can move in a different, move up in in the direction we should be moving. That just lights a spark in me so hard. Like you have no idea. Like, I mean, you do have an idea actually. And uh, because you know how strong language is. Words are so strong for people. We just just exist in language. That's something we really exist in. Uh, And it just, ah. that just lights so much spark in me. I don't know. Like that's because now I'll never say it. Like I, I, I personally will never say that again. You know, a lot of people say it and it's not even, it's, I mean, I, I'm not going to no, say No, but that. I love that. Like I, like you, you, we're, we're all lifelong learners. We must be. Of course. Of we course. must be about wanting to learn. Like I said, if, if truly I'm only using 10%, maybe 12% at this point of my brain. Right. Then there's a lot that I don't know. I think you're using. I think you're using 15 percent of your brain, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I only have like three degrees, but still, I I, I don't know. Who knows? Only three degrees. Oh, okay. <laughs> Humble much, please. Only yeah. three degrees. But however, even though you do have your degrees, it's you don't. You. I don't know if people have told you this, but you don't come across. That's not what you come across like. You come across mm. as a person. Hmm first because degrees are great for granted you have to get educated but that's not the thing that's going to be the only thing that's going to make you exist in the world you know but also yourself though you can be you can be educated with three degrees and still not know 
That's that true. You are correct. Ignorance. And and that is what we're talking about here. We're talking about, and, and, and I'm never, I'm never about blaming the parents. Right. But my thing is, if you are going to support your child in two years from now, can you just do it today so we can move on, like you said, to something else? And I'd like to say this a lot. When you ask a child who is inviting their parents, and actually my child just reminded me today, they were like, mom, so you can say, I don't, I don't use coming out anymore, but I said it while I was making a point and they were like, you know what, you can say, invite, and I said, yeah, I prefer invited in. They were like, well, you can say invited in, or you can even just say, when I shared it with you. Because a lot of people have already known. So I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna run with it. I'm gonna write a tweet about that. So when your child shares about their gender or shares about their sexuality. Ooh. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> because it's such, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that now. You know that, right? I'm telling you, I have the smartest kid and I brag about them all the time. Yes, I, I do. Because they went to Stanford. It's not, it's not an easy thing. It's not easy. No. I, I have to say that, yeah, this is an, this is a, an educated kid, okay? Yeah. Um, but I, and I'm just thankful that um, they're able to correct me and just help me with the, the things that I don't know. Um. And I just like I said, you know what? That is so true. I'm just sharing it with you. It's my story to share, and it's not a new it's not a new concept. We've all known that, but we just never thought about it. I just don't like the word coming out, even though, yeah. But you know, for you to come out of something, it's like someone has to open the door. Someone has to let you out. That's the way I see. So I was like, what else can we say? I like invited in. I think it's it's beautiful because then you own the rights to whoever you want to give the invitation. To. I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're like you're. I'm not inviting you until I invite you. So and then you can come in because it's my business is not your business. And, and your and business you know, is not mine. And I can also uninvite you. Exactly. I don't need you. I don't need I you to come in. Unshare. Yeah, I cannot unshare with you, but I can uninvite you. Correct. So you know what? Yeah. You no longer. You no longer welcome. Right. Um, which no one ever wants to do that. No, no human in the queer space ever wants to have to uninvite. Sure. But to me, using uninvite is ultimately about empowerment. Like I get to give you the card and I get to take it back. Yeah. Well, so at this point, I'd like to ask two more questions. I like to ask, can you please share some words of wisdom with my queer youth listeners? And then I'll ask the second question when you're done sharing your words of wisdom. Although you've shared a lot of words of wisdom. What's something I else? That like there's more? Um, there is, was, there's always more. Yeah, but I think the, the beautiful thing I mean, is I've only spoken to, to the adults the whole time because that's who I, that's who my primary avatar is. I do as a pediatrician also work with you to have two teen clients at this time. So I do also work with you. So if there are any youth out there who are looking for a life coach, which is not quite the same thing as a therapist and it's not quite the same thing as a counselor. It's not quite the same thing as a consultant. It's all, it's, 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 on, it's not a mentor, it's a coach. Coaches, the way to look at a coach is someone who comes into the basketball arena with you but does not play. Now I might balance the ball and show you how to do it, but you have to play the game to win. You have to play the game to win. Um, so that's what coaches do. So I also work with teenagers. But I think um, the, the only thing I'll say, which I'm sure everybody says when they come, is you're enough. You are enough. And I know how hard that is to believe when 
everyone around you is so toxic and so non-supportive. Is that the word? I want you to know that if you just hold on for one more day, yeah, the Rockettes, is that who sang that? Hold on for one more day. Um, Hold on for one more day, Wilson yeah. Phillips. Is this, is this a rocket? <laughs> Somebody. Uh, uh, that's okay. Yeah, I know that there is pain. Yeah, that's Wilson Phillips. <laughs> but yeah, hold on for one more day. Yes. Um, I love that. If you just hold on for one more day, your day is coming. Your day when you own your shit. Like literally, it's yours. You get to just tell who you want to tell or not tell who you don't want to tell. Okay. I was a teenager. I came out to my dad when I was 16 and my dad said it was a phase. And I wanted to do everything that my dad wanted me to do because I needed to be that, that daughter who was doing everything right and my parents was going to be proud of me. So I just kind of took it back in. I was like, okay, that's fine. But when I was 42, I said, you know what? Fuck that. Excuse my French. Take that out. I'll put explicit if you like. We don't care on the show. It's good. Yeah, I know. I'm 53 years old now. If I want to say fuck, I say fuck. But I don't even normally say that. But I thought I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. I'm going to let it show, you know? So that day for you will come. Just hold on right now. If you don't, then I want you to be ready for the possible fallout, which could go anywhere from becoming homeless or if you are in the wrong side of the world, getting killed. So it's something that we have to think long and hard about. You can't just say, oh, I'm just gonna come out. Coming out is about safe spaces. It's about safe spaces, about the child feeling that it's safe enough, so I'm gonna come out. I had a kid on my TikTok two days ago say, oh my goodness, thank you so much for the support. I'm gonna come out to my teacher tomorrow, then I'm gonna come out to my mom, then my sister, then my dad, in that order. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I was happy that I'm making a difference, even though I don't always feel like I'm making a difference. It's, you know, it's, it's a big world. Um, and then lastly. You're enough as you are. You don't need any extra. Find safe spaces, find brave spaces, find, find people that affirm you, people that accept you. Find your own, create your own family. If you can't, you know, if, if your first family is just like, you know, screwing up, find your own family and create your own family and love on them and let them love on you. Everybody deserves to have someone who loves on them. Everybody deserves to have someone to love on. And if you're having, if you're not able to see that in your home where you are, then by all means, go find it because there are people out there who want to love on you. Call me, 802 Oh, snap. <laughs> Great. And um, lastly, where can they find you? Where can people find you? Thank you for that. So um, all the kids, and I don't know, who is your primary audience? Is it children or is it adults? It's actually across the board. So Okay. So if the parents that are listening, um, I have a class that I'm teaching on the 29th of January titled Top Three Mistakes Parents Make When Their Kids Invite Them In okay? and How to Avoid Them. Because like I said, I made, I made those three mistakes. So my website is dr-lulu.com. You will see where you can sign up there. Otherwise, on my Instagram bio, which is at ask, then the word doctor, then Lulu. Not dr, but the whole word, D-O-C-T-O-R. 
So ask Dr. Lulu on Instagram, ask Dr. Lulu on Facebook, ask Dr. Lulu on um, where else? Um, what's TikTok? What are you, what's your TikTok? My TikTok is Dr. Lulu. Okay. So it's Dr. Lulu because it's newer, but I had to start a new TikTok because that when I forgot the, the password for it and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you type in Dr. Lulu, you there are four Dr. Lulus on, on TikTok that I know of as a last year when I started. I'm the one that's black. Okay, that's one way to look at it. Otherwise, if you go with U Uchenna, U, U, the letter U for umbrella, another letter U for umbrella, then C as in Charlie, H as in hotel, E as in echo, then November, November, and then Alpha. That's U Uchenna. If you look for that, that's my current. TikTok, and I only give tips for parents on there. And I have a lot of non-parents following teenagers, kids that are like, oh my God, they're just loving on me. So it's all good. So my website is dr-lulu.com. Please go there. And in exchange for your email, you will get a document called 10 Things You Should Know About Raising Your LGBTQ Plus Child. So that's my free PDF, my free lead magnet or whatever. So you can give me your email for that. And then you get twice a week, you get my newsletter. And I've been told that they are fun and exciting, just like me. So, yeah. <laughs> you are fun and exciting. You are a being. You are like a force. <laughs> I, I mean, you just are. I mean, I don't know, like why we actually haven't spoken before, but this is the time we're supposed to speak. So I thank you for your time. Um, and that's it. We did I it. Of, I do believe in the laws of attraction. And I want to add one more thing before you stop recording. So I also have my 10 week online program. This is the first time I'm launching it. It's called Becoming the Parent Your Child Needs, the online program. <laughs> Literally. Good so we, we launched on two... 222. So I would like as many parents as possible to join in. It's based on my three B as in Bravo framework. The first B is the basics of the foundation where we talk about, you know, the LGBTQIAP2S, what do they mean? What are the ages and stages? What age do kids know? I mean, what all those pronouns, new names, dead names, um, those things that are basic foundation that you don't know, okay? Even dating, maybe if you want to, but that's the foundation. And the, the second B is building. That's the B that is you, the parent. We're going to tear down the current house and rebuild it because the current house, like me, is full of lies that we've been told when you were young. So the second B is the building. And then, and then when we take all of that down, look at all the misconceptions and mistakes and whatever, then we now learn about you, your self-discovery. It's about you discovering what are your own misconceptions about the queer space? Who are you really? If we take all of that mask out of clothes, whatever, who is left? So that's what the second part. And then the third part is the becoming. Third B is the becoming part where we're now going to put the new you with your child because now you're ready to meet your child because you've now, you're now ready to become who your child needs versus you wanting your child to become the adult that you want. Because like you said at the beginning, some parents, 
want their kids to be such and such. And then when they're not, you know, when the expectations are bursted, they're like, oh my goodness. So um, when you find out what's your child's love language, for instance, what does your child really want from you? Most times when kids come out truly, they just want dinner. They don't want, they don't want you to paint your whole house rainbows. They don't want you to put a flag or maybe they do. You find out. So the third part is about you now working hand in hand with your child to co-create that loving space. Any cool. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Lulu. That's a lot of uh, fabulous resources to reach out to Dr. Lulu through. Just simply go to uh, Dr. Lulu's website, Dr. Uh, and Dr. forward slash, oh no, so Dr. slash, I don't even know how you say that. Just Google Dr. Lulu. Go to drlulu.com. I'll, I'll put the information in the bio as well. They're amazing. I hope you enjoyed this. It's a lot of information. It's a great, she's a great resource. She knows what she's talking about, people. The time is now. Just learn. Just learn. Just be. Just exist with each other instead of playing against each other. Break down those freaking ideas of what you think you know because you don't know until you know, right? Like, that's truly what it is. Like, you might know, you might think you know, and then, okay, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Who cares? Just listen, learn, understand, and all that. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.